welcome to another new game plus this time we're talking strategy rpgs which i think maybe paula and i are more like the strategy rpg fanatics one might say paula probably the most out of all of us <laughs> but we've all dabbled <laughs> quite a bit within the genre um and so just to like you know, be very clear what we're talking about here. Essentially, with strategy RPGs, we're talking sort of turn-based, tactical kind of grid uh, uh, games wherein you, uh, you know, move units um, on a battlefield in order to fight. Of course, there can be a lot of differences within these, right? Some games kind of meld um, different genres into them, like think of games like Peculiar Chronicles, which has your third-person perspective and first-person perspectives, uh, and is not necessarily as top-down. You got other games that implement, you know, puzzle mechanics within it. There, there's all sorts of different kind of worlds that you can come through. Some more narrative uh, materials in there as well, um, but they all kind of come down to the tactical gameplay, right? Really focusing on the management of troops and on creating um, smart strategies, which is probably where the word strategy has come from for this one. <laughs> Does that sound accurate? Anything you want to add to that? I think you've nailed it. It sounds good enough. Yep. Nice. Good enough is all I need. <laughs> um, well, why don't we jump in? So the way we like to do these is essentially, you know, these are our kind of 15 recommendations. Um, that are games that we've obviously played um, and I think beaten all, but I don't know, sometimes playing it is enough. Um, and mm. we go through five categories. We have the intro game, which is something like, you know, someone who doesn't have a lot of experience with the genre, maybe he's played a few games, but you know, not a ton of experience. Foundational games, which are games where you're just like, you know, if you want to really get in on it, like this is it, this is the game. Um, interesting takes on the genre. Again, just something that's kind of interesting or different. Um, our current kind of definitive, and we'd say definitive in, you know, kind of air quotes, uh, modern interpretations. So something that feels like this is a modern interpretation of this genre that we feel is just like the bee's knees. <laughs> and then a hidden gem or acquired taste, something that's kind of, you know, maybe sort of fits in, but it's just a little different. Um, I wish our audience could see the head bob you were doing there. That was, yeah. that was smooth a... in a way that I can't quite put into words. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, There's the head is kind of speaking training. themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've, we've, I think we've all been cheeky and at least once put multiple games on there. Um, I don't think I have. Certainly me and Paula have anyway. Um, or has Paula? Is it just me? I think it's you. You've done it no, every time. No, no, it's just me. <laughs> okay. So it's it's more like eighteen games because I can't whittle it down. Anyway, yeah. Well, why don't we jump in then and let's start with intro games um, for someone with little to no experience. And I'm gonna actually hop in here because uh, you're playing this game that I recommended actually, um, which is mm -hmm. uh, Rickard, which is Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, because this to me is like the pinnacle of an intro game to strategy RPGs. It, it's, it's challenging, but not difficult. Um, it introduces you to this beautiful, fun, vibrant world. Um, and yet it has such excellent mechanics that link together just extremely satisfyingly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. For me, this feels just kind of like the perfect game to introduce. Like if I were, you know, one day when I have little, little, children 
I would probably look at a game like this to introduce them to this kind of concept of strategy games because I feel like they could actually get into it and enjoy it, you know? It, it's very streamlined, and it's worth saying we drafted our lists together before I started playing Mario and Rabbids, mm-hmm. and actually I think were we drafting that list together now, I would have a real decision to make on whether I replaced what I've actually put for this category with Mario and Rabbids. It is a really excellent not even baby's first SRPG, but it's an excellent distillation and simplification of all the best things about the genre. Um, and as, a, as an entry point, it is hard to do much better. I have nevertheless put two games that I am sort of saying are better. Um, the first of those is Might and Magic Clash of Heroes. Um, I think the reason that this is a good introduction to it is because it blends elements of puzzle solving um, of like match three mechanics and as such i think it's an interesting sort of pathway in for people who've maybe only dabbled with that kind of game before um there isn't still an element of sort of uh, unit identification and strategization that bleeds into the genre um i think the more appropriate pick of the two that i couldn't split between is project x zone so this is um like a, a a magic isekai crossover sort of srpg game it's massive both in terms of length and in terms of unit numbers but it its difficulty curve is very very gentle and it has lots of characters from all kinds of different um franchises within the capcom and bandai namco and sega sort of stables so you have frank west from dead rising you have Mega Man, you have Street Fighter characters. Um, yeah, you just have like a bit of everything. And again, there's elements of um, other things that make it, I think, a lot more welcoming, um, along with all the other stuff I've described. And I think it's a really interesting one for people who just want to dip their toe in. Um, yeah. Uh, what about you, Paula? Well, I might be a little biased with this one because it was actually my introduction into strategy RPGs, and that is Fire Emblem Awakening. And it has uh, like a rock, paper, scissors kind of triangle with uh, swords, axes, and um, lances, which is like the other way around now that you think about it. (laughs) And the thing about it is I think it is kind of easy to get into the story, like into the game because of the story. And also it has a difficulty setting where you can just play in casual mode and you don't have any uh, penalties on on when you you don't lose an a unit when you when one your when one of your units falls in battle. Hmm. Sorry there. And I feel like this is again one of the is not one of the easiest fire emblems that goes to probably three houses, <clears throat> but it is kind of like simple enough that you don't get overwhelmed with all the stuff that it there's to do. Unlike a phase where you also have to manage your castle, and also. It is pretty much battle to battle to battle action. So you don't have like any distraction from what's the essentially the core of the game. 
Two houses again. And sorry. And with that, I think this is a very good introduction. Stories. Okay, I think. Um not one of the best stories, but it is a story good enough. It is a good enough story to get you through the plot of the game. And the maps in general are very well designed. And there wasn't any one moment where I felt the game was doing cheap and that I got killed because of the game being unfair. I feel that overall the game was very fair not necessarily balanced because I think it is balanced towards the player and balanced towards the player being more powerful. But uh, for an introduction game, I think it, it was a pretty fun experience. Nice. So hmm. why do, don't we roll along for level? Sorry. Why don't we roll along the foundation game for people with a little more experience and want to dive into a more interesting technique like a more difficult game maybe do you want to just keep us going power and tell us yours yeah and this one it has to be like one of my favorite uh, strategy games ever that is workgroup this game oozes charm and not only that um it has a little of a different take on Farmer because in Farmer you have like this hero mechanic where you have the the main characters and those carry all the story and you battle only with those characters. In Wargroove, you actually have, you still have like a quote-unquote hero character or a champion character, however you want to call it, but most of your army is just units that you've built during the, the, the battle. So they have no names, they don't have any impact on the story, and of course you don't have to worry about losing units from one battle to the next because everything just resets. Um, it's very advanced game, wars. Yeah, very advanced wars. It's actually kind of like a spiritual successor almost to advanced wars in many ways. Which I do um, hope they release that remake at some point soon. They've been sitting on that for about a year now. Yeah. Or six months. Yeah, they... I think it's like six months because it was supposed to come out like in June or July and I was very looking forward to it and I'm so happy I didn't pre-order it because that money would have been like trapped forever until uh, the game came out. Yeah. And uh, sorry, got distracted right there. And one thing that I love about a wardrobe besides like the overall characterization of the, well, main characters, is that they give you like this encyclopedia kind of thing for, or a companion kind of thing that you unlock as you move on on the story. And they have like the finest, or like most, sometimes most wholesome, sometimes kind of disturbing, entries kind of like in a Pokedex, but like a full page of information on your units and like what is kind of like the story behind that unit. Like there was like these um, kind of like the, the footman soldiers for the undead race. Um, they say there, it says something among the lines that they are like transported being like disassembled and mm -hmm. 
on 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 like uh, this kind of vehicle that they have, and some of them have resorted to put their names on their phones because there there has been like some fights where it's like, hey, that arm is mine. No, that that phone is mine, and fights break out because of that. Which is kind of like disturbing in a way, but it was I found it kind of funny because like they have to name their bones so they don't have property issues because of that. So they claim ownership. They, that was a good one, Ray. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm happy with that one. <laughs> uh, on the gameplay, I feel that the maps were very, very solid and they eased you into each unit on the game. But they, some of the later maps can be like very, very challenging. You have to take into account the terrain where your units are at, but also you have to think, hey, if my unit if my unit loses health, they also lose attack powers. So you have to plan ahead of your units like taking damage. So you don't end up in a tough situation when they counterattack. Hmm. Um overall a great game. Um and I very much recommend it to anyone who wants to play anything. Uh, strategy RPG. Sorry, um, Alex, do you want to move? Do you want to, or Rick? I don't know. I'll, I'll jump in while Alex is muted. I don't know what he. Yeah. Keep, oh, I don't know what he's dang it! Now. I was muted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> balls! PC for I was just reason. saying that I agree with you um, about. Sorry, my my dog came up, so I muted because she was like licking around. <laughs> um, no, I was just saying that I agree with you. War Group is fantastic. Um, as great. a game, yeah. but um, and maybe it makes sense that I go first because I've got the first and you have the second of uh, a game that I'm going to talk about. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, oh no, I'm looking ahead. Stupid me. Anyway, you are indeed. <laughs> yes. Whatever. It's yeah. too late. I've dug this hole. Triangle strategy. <laughs> um, <laughs> this for me is just like I, I would call this a foundational game in the sense that I think it is more challenging than some um, strategy games I've played, but also not overly so um i definitely had to like i i had to not necessarily grind but i really i had to play this game in order to make sure that my characters were like at their proper level and ready to go which um i think is 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 a, a strong testament to the fun of this game because i don't know you play some strategy games and you can just kind of breeze through it right like you're just like whatever go to town but in this one it was like okay have you actually been properly managing your army have you been making sure that your units are you know leveled up and ready to go by the way i hope you haven't been only relying on five people because you're gonna have to use everybody and it's like oh fuck (laughs) um so it's one of these games that i think it really like um it introduces you to the fact that like you have to be making some tactical decisions within here and you need to be thinking about your army composition as you play the game. And that's why for me, it feels like a foundational game in the sense that when you play Marion Rabbits, it's just like, whatever, man, pick whatever characters you think look fun, have fun. You know, you only, you only got three people, you don't have to worry about no army, right? Um, whereas in this one, it's like, no, you have a lot of characters and you're going to be playing some very specific situations. It's This isn't going to be just like, come on in, go kill everyone. It's like, no, you have a very specific goal in each of your uh, maps and you have to complete that goal. And you're going to get to make some decisions that are going to branch it off. So it has a really interesting narrative to it as well. 
So for me, it's like, it's a really just like excellent um, sink your teeth into kind of game um, that uh, I think will really challenge um, an individual. So yeah, uh, that's why like for me, I, 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 uh, uh, I, I'd pick this one as kind of like my foundation. But what about you, Rick? You picked one that I think is also very foundational. <laughs> yeah, and, and like you say, I've picked the sequel to you again, Triangle Strategy 2. I know it's not out yet, but I know it's going to be great. <laughs> it is a so sequel, I have, though. <laughs> it is. So it's Tactics Advance 2, Grimoire of the Rift. Um, if it weren't mm. for the fact that it's sort of stuck on the DS, I might have picked it as my definitive game. Genuinely one of sort of my top 10 favorite games ever. Um, I sunk 100-odd hours into this and enjoyed every single minute. Um, Similar to what you said on Triangle Strategy, there is a lot more involved. There are far more moving parts to this game in the sense that each character has got a subset of jobs that they can train into. You have the whole Blue Mage thing where you can learn different character abilities. You have main and sub classes. Um, You have like an army of 24 that you're constantly cycling through. There's a big overarching narrative. There's various... um, subquests and plot lines around it you also have the judgment system where you have like a um a floating rule set from battle to battle depending on what the judgment is on that level um there's a lot to think about and the the game handles it all to perfection it is a phenomenal game Mm. beautiful audio visually um gameplays tuned so finely uh makes perfect use of the dual screens in terms of displaying that information in a clean and accessible um, and non-overwhelming way, which is impressive given how much there is there. Uh, It's just an incredible game. And anyone who hasn't played it and likes these kinds of games really should be. It is a toss-up with this and my actual definitive pick for like the pinnacle of SRPG experiences as far as I'm concerned. Nice. So that's me there. Shall we jump into... uh, the games where we've actually played the pick the first and second ones of the Alex and talk about uh, the Valkyria Chronicles series. Yeah, why don't we jump into here? So this is um, this category here is kind of interesting take on the genre, um, and so yeah, I've I've picked for this one um, Valkyria Chronicles because again I think and you know I sort of alluded to this in the introduction to this episode that. Valkyria Chronicles is a really interesting strategy. God, I really want to go back and play them every time I talk about them <laughs> because they're so much fun. Yeah. But it's like a anime alternate World War II scenario. Like it's like you know it, it's it's World War II, but it's in a different world. Um, yeah. And they've like um, there's these things called the Valkyries, and, and there's like this massive discrimination against the Darkson in there. So standing in for for. Uh, um, for Jewish populations at the time. And so there's this really um, just interesting look, because again, there's not a lot of these, like there's surprisingly not a lot of SRPGs in this sort of time period, right? Like, cause you know, like most of the like sort of World War II-ish type games become first person shooters, right? There's not- Or real time strategy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And yet it yeah. works so well in this because you basically control your units and like you you have like a certain amount of movement you could do, but you can free move them in um third person. Um and so you get to like move along these 3D planes, but then you enter into like first person to take your shots. Um and so and then you got tanks and everything and it's just like and the story's fantastic and it's such a like 
beautiful melding of these different um, uh, genres. And really, it's kind of like the mashing of a first-person shooter into uh, the strategy realm. And it's almost shocking how well it works. You know, like part Mm. of you would feel like this shouldn't work, and yet it does. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. You And I think... Yeah. I picked the sequel for a variety of reasons. It's a little bit more refined. Um, It's portable. And, you know, in the sense that this is something that on paper shouldn't work, doubly so it shouldn't work squeezed down onto a PSP. Um, Also, I haven't (laughs) played the original yet. The sequel is the only one that I've played so far. The original is so good. I I plan to come back to it. So for the people that are listening at home, so Valkyria Chronicles 1 originally launched on PS3. It's since had ports to Steam, modern consoles. It's even on Switch now. the sequel, Valkyria Chronicles 2, was a PSP exclusive. Uh, the threequel was a PSP exclusive that never got localized, although there is a fan translation that's supposed to be very, very good. Um, and then Valkyria Chronicles 4 got a full fat release on all of the things in all of the places. Um, so two's the only one I've played. I actually like the way that it's set up is a little bit different from the bigger versions of the game. Um, it does a, a sort of Monster Hunter thing where rather than a single big map, you have a map that's chunked down into little sections and you can only have so many soldiers per section of the map. Mm. So there's an extra layer of strategy to it. And obviously that helps it to work within the constraints of that hardware. Um, Just a phenomenal, phenomenal setup. Um, It does a really good tasteful job of um, telling a story in what is essentially uh, an alternate universe World War II um it it does mash it up with some sort of anime stuff but on the whole i think it's very well done it's the kind of thing that could have easily gotten very badly wrong but i think generally they get it right um my honorable mention is a very similar mechanical game albeit with a lot of unique twists to it and that is lost dimension so this is a game that centers around you scaling a tower um very similar combat to valkyria chronicles a few interesting twists it's a very cyberpunky setting so the aesthetic is totally different. Um, each character, rather than there being sort of four or five predefined classes, has a specific um, class, as it were, but a unique skill set that you develop as time goes on. Um, the most interesting aspect, there are traitors in your midst, and those traitors are procedurally allocated per save file. So if you replay this game on a new game plus, for example, um, you might have a character who carries you all the way to the end, be the traitor on the first floor, and then the rest of your playthrough is going to be fundamentally different because that's a unique skill set that you lose on your path through. Um, Again, really, really well done, albeit it didn't ever get the recognition that Valkyria Chronicles did. Um, It's on PC and PS3. It's also, more importantly, available on the PlayStation Vita. And having played that version, I can tell you it runs great. Um, so those those are my my picks there. Uh, Paola, what have you picked for this category? Um, this one is an interesting pick for my side because I don't particularly like love the game, but mm-hmm. I feel like it did things like different enough to like be different, I guess. But that is the Vanner Saga trilogy. Not only your decisions like impact the story, but one thing that was very interesting for me when I got into my first combat was that not all units take up the same space on any given map. So you have 
essentially two kinds of units like the I forgot the names, but they are like kind of giants. And they take know, four yeah. spaces in the map. And the other units, the regular ones, just take one space in the map. You also have this thing about, oh, how was it? My memory is passy. Like the, the shield details. system? Yeah, the shield system. If you could help me, Alex, if you remember. I don't, but I remember, I see, I just remember you talking about it. Because isn't it something where, like, you can fight using the shield and, like, it's like, there's health and shield. I can I can assist on this because I played the first game, although I didn't rate it. Each character has two numbers. They have a health point number, which also doubles as their attack strength. That's and they it. have a shield point number. Yeah. Now you can either attack the shield to reduce that number, which means that in future, because that shield is like a flat reduction on mm. the damage that you're dealing through the opponent. So you can either attack that shield to reduce the shield number, or you can attack health points, which also diminishes that unit's ability to deal damage. But if you try and do too much health point damage early, that's wasted potential damage down the line because the shield remains untouched. Exactly. Um, I didn't like the system yeah. per personally, but it is, you know, in the spirit of this category, an interesting take. Yeah, interesting doesn't always mean good. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And I, I have to say, personally, I, I, I'm with Paolo. I didn't massively like i've only played the first part of the trilogy um there's definitely some merits and i think the storytelling is absolutely the game's strong suit um i found the actual battles to fall a little bit flat albeit i did like yeah. that they were trying something a bit different yeah that would be kind of it for my uh for my for my pick for this category so why don't we roll along our current definitive mother interpretation? What do we feel like it's the strategy uh, <laughs> RPG game to play pretty much? So I'll, I'll jump in here because I, I desperately, desperately wanted to pick 13 Sentinels Igis Rim for this because <laughs> it does have some really cool rpg gameplay but it's real-time strategy there's a pause on it but it is rts so that honorable obligatory mention aside my actual pick for a definitive modern interpretation is fraxis's wonderful um reimagining of the xcom franchise specifically xcom enemy unknown or enemy within with the expansion um this game is phenomenal the potential for emergent gameplay with your um Custom soldiers, the permadeath, the way that that all blends together, um, the procedural nature of the missions and how they bleed into a global war map. Um, the game is just wonderful. And it is quite difficult, painfully so sometimes, but that is what makes it so magical because every victory feels very much hard fought and hard won. Um, I could sing this game's praises forever. And it, it's interesting that the way that this game brought all that stuff back has then bled into other games. The half full shield mechanic in terms of cover has popped up in numerous titles since, including Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Um, the way it um, reinvigorated Overwatch as a mechanic, um, various other things that it's brought through. Um, yeah, it's just really, really fantastic. And, you'd have to try hard to find someone who's got a negative opinion of this game. Yeah, honestly, 
I'm like, before someone claims heresy, I'm like, I bet XCOM would be on my list if I had played it. (laughs) (laughs) I just haven't played them. I own them on so many platforms because they they get sold for like dirt cheap. And I Mm. own them on so, like I probably have bought it so many times now that I paid for it at a quarter of its retail price, which is still insane. Like, you know what I mean? Controversial and surprising suggestion. Try it on Vita. Because the Vita port no. are actually really good. I'm gonna play genuinely. Oh, oh yeah, genuine the first XCOM. Oh, sorry. I was gonna, yeah, I'm, talking yeah. about, I'm probably just going to jump straight to XCOM 2, to be honest. But uh, Which is on Switch, and I gather the, the port there is quite good. Yeah. But I want to play it on PC, though, just to get a solid experience. But hey, sorry, yeah. The, the original <laughs> is still well worth a revisit. It does things a little bit differently than the sequel, enough so that I think it warrants a playthrough in its own right. Nice. Yeah, but ultimately, I... that's your call. What I've heard is that XCOM 2 on Switch, the XCOM 2 part is okay, but then War of the Chosen is like barely functioning. <laughs> I've heard it, that, yeah. Yeah, just because that's a tough one. Like that like that one, it, it's amazing they got XCOM 2 on there. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. uh, let alone their thing. Yeah. But anyway, so th- th- without burying the lead anymore, I picked Wasteland 3 as my current definitive modern interpretation because this game to me is such a fantastic... It's like, I think of it as being in the... Um, Obviously, in the the realm of Fallout, the original Fallout, um, but then also kind of Jagged Alliance and those sort of um, military uh, strategy RPG games, um, where you know it's it's more you have like the the AP or whatever, right? Like you have like moves that you can make. You're not necessarily on a grid. You're just like moving through. You've got uh, all sorts of weapons. You're in a post-apocalypse. Uh, it's hilarious. Um, the combat is extremely satisfying. It's brilliantly written. It looks fantastic. It works amazing on console and on, uh, because like I played it on console and it felt fantastic, which is like something really like, cause again, these games often feel better on PC, but when you can like transport it and like port it so well to a console, I just find that really impressive. Um, especially when, you know, they're so heavy on their, uh, on, on, you know, skills and whatnot. And yet it felt just totally natural on console. So um, that is something that I, I have to give a testament to. So yeah, for me, it's just like, it, it, it is what, when I think of a modern strategy RPG, this is what I want to be playing. You know, um, it, it, it feels like a benchmark to me, um, which is awesome mm. because when you think about it, this game is kind of a miracle is around. Cause you know, they kickstarted that first two. And I think this one even had a little bit of extra fun for it. So it's this kind of passion project that has become something so fantastic. And hopefully we'll get a lot more now that they're owned by Mike. Good old Mikey soft. <laughs> um, anyway, that's me. Uh, Paolo, what about you? You got one that I think Rick might enjoy. <laughs> yeah, um, this, this could have been an interesting take on the genre or just interesting take on the series because it is Chimami Tensei, Devil Survivor, the overclock version. And the thing about this is there's you have your kind of like post, not post-apocalyptic, apocalyptic setting where you have to uh, battle demons because they're taking over the city. And if you don't, you're going to die. And you have your classic kind of like grid-based setting for the battles. But instead of controlling like one tingler unit, you're controlling like uh, one uh, kind of like cluster of units in the sense, or what one team of units in the sense of 
that you have the character and each character has two demons that accompany it or up to two demons that accompany it. And the setting on how you move your units is a strategy RPG, but when you're in the battle, it's more of a regular turn-based RPG, uh, which is, it actually mixes uh, very, very well. And I feel like because of that, the battles are more rich in a sense and they get less repetitive, which is kind of weird because both of these genders can get quite repetitive in the long run. But because of the mixture and because of the uh, customability, custom, how customizable your party is and how um, you have to think through each and every singular battle. Um, it it's better like overall because of it, and I I highly recommend it to both RPG fans and tactical RPG fans and and well, intensive fans like they will everyone must try this game out because it is just amazing. It's one I can't wait to play. I have a physical copy. It's just one I haven't got around to yet, but it, it, like you say, it's glowing reviews. It looks like everything you'd want. And I did dabble a little bit in the sequel, but the DS, the non-overclocked version, um, and really enjoyed my time with that. So I do expect that um, the original is every bit as good. Yeah, and you should, you should definitely play that. And I should definitely replay it because I don't think I actually finished the the game like all the way through because I went on a hiatus and mm -hmm. then went back and the final mm -hmm. boss kicked my ass. <laughs> Always the way. Um but yeah it's a case of when not if I will absolutely be playing this game. Um so that takes us neatly onto our final section which is a hidden gem or acquired taste. Uh, again I've been really rubbish and picked two. Um the first of those is Luminous Arc. Um this is more a hidden gem so it is a um a pretty not basic basic's not fair but a you know sort of stock conventional strategy rpg pretty stock conventional story but the whole package is just so lovingly put together there's so much charm to the animation um to some of the visuals the ui elements it's just all put together so well um and i remember some of it will be place and time it, it was in a time when i was a little bit younger and i had the time just to to curl up with it and really absorb all of it excellent game really really love my time with it um the most recent and final game that developer ever released was stellar glow which is a spiritual successor to the luminous arc series of which there are three games total um haven't played two or three or stellar glow yet but i gather they're all equally um as charming and good and then on the the more uh, acquired taste side of things um a spin-off game i'm currently playing actually valkyrie profile covenant of the plume so this takes the um the face button per party character combat that the valkyrie profile series is known for um, and transplants that into a strategy RPG, um, the focus of which is getting your party members to surround an enemy 
such that you can use all four characters at once and build up a bit of a combo. Um, real gritty story, very grounded and dark and uncompromising. Um, real looker, particularly for the DS. Um, very well tuned, very difficult in places, but a really absorbing game on the whole and one that um, takes the canon of the series in a very interesting direction, both within itself and also from a, an industry perspective as a whole in terms of how they tell that story in the direction that they take that story. So a real interesting one from a variety of angles um, and one that's well worth seeking out if you want something a little bit different in that genre. Um, which one of you two wants to take up next? Um, I'll take it away right now. And the this is actually a game that I'm replaying, and that is Pokemon Conquest. This is probably the best Pokemon game uh, you've never played. Because first of all, it was, I guess the amount of copies out there is quite limited. And well, DS games have been skyrocketing price. So I would recommend to anyone who wants to uh, play this game to sell the seven seas because otherwise you're gonna have to sell your organs or something for one copy yeah. of this um that aside um you're pretty much a feudal lord on uh i forgot which era of japan but it, and uh, edo <laughs> I don't know. it's probably edo yeah it's probably edo maybe it, a little bit earlier and you're in the Ramsey region and you have to stop Nobunaga from conquering every single like uh, I guess every single castle and claim the land for himself to call the legendary Pokemon Arceus and having him under his control. You're, you want to stop him from doing that but by doing the exact same thing. Nice. And the uh, the thing is that you can you can have like a, I don't remember how many Pokemon on battle at a time. Probably the team is gonna go like up to six or something like that, but you start with two. And it is again a group based strategy game and you have to uh, defeat the others or like complete the mission to go up. The thing about this is you have the Pokemon type chart on this. Every Pokemon has, I think, I want to say one type, but I think they have some dual types up there. Anyway, and each Pokemon has one attack that they can use. And the thing about this attack is that it has a different range depending on the move. And of course, it has the different effectivity depending on which Pokemon you're using it on. So for example, the attack Fine Whip, I think, can attack like the three adjacent spaces to the front. But other attacks like Water Gun will attack like the two spaces directly on the front of the Pokemon. And there are other attacks that we like do like a diamond shape, but don't attack directly the Pokemon that are like right on the side of your Pokemon. And you have to keep all of those things in mind. 
uh, when choosing, when picking your team for the next battle. And the other thing about this is that you have seasons and you cannot like, um, I guess, only do battle each season because you have to defend your castles or the castles that you have under your control. So if you don't have a team defending a castle, then you get that, that castle taken from you and you have to reconquer it. And there's also, you can send your Pokemon to train and I think you can send your Pokemon to get money, but I don't quite remember well there. Um, and the other thing is that the more you use a particular Pokemon, the more efficient it becomes in battle because it kind of like, they have this uh, justification where your Pokemon has like a better bond with the trainer. And in that case, it will do better in battle. And so it is encouraged that you keep one or two Pokemon at most per warrior in your army. So you can't have like, I don't know, a team of, you, you can't really have like more of one Pokemon for fair warrior per battle, if I remember correctly. I might be talking out of my ass there because I haven't reached that point yet where, where I have multiple Pokemon per team for warriors. But at the very least, you have to keep that in mind when you're assembling your team and sending your Pokemon out in battle. So yeah, that's Pokemon Conquest. I highly recommend it. I know it's a Pokemon game, but it is actually like a, an actual um, it has like actual deeper uh, mechanics to the thing and it is quite fun and I very do like it not like the new Pokemon games ah sorry <laughs> Red no, I, Alex. I've been looking at this one for a while I'm probably going to play it at some point here because it doesn't look like it's that long either um, well okay so I, I have I no, no, added we, an extra we one. hate me for this you have got two here I just it put just I just me. put in well no I just did after you had three so <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fair that I had one <laughs> um, you got me yeah so I put shadow tactics blades of the Shogun for the first one here because this to me is like I would call this one very much an acquired taste um because you know this is a this is a, a stealth strategy RPG. And it's also a little more like it's it's not an RTS, but it's definitely a little more in that world because you you can't pause, right? Like you're really um, moving people all throughout, and you you're working with a very limited number of individuals. But I also wouldn't really call it an RTS because again, you only have a couple units, right? Um, so it, it it exists in this weird area, and. Which is why I, I kind of think it's acquired taste because if you're a super big fan of strategy RPGs, you might not like the fact that you can't pause as much and you have to, and you know, though that has a really generous reload system that you could like reload really quickly and easily. So that is kind of, it's, I think, the, the sort of saving grace there. Um, they're not expecting you to just play through the whole thing. They're like, well, if you have a problem, you can, you can reset and try again. Um, it also tells you when was your last save. Yes. Like, oh, you say like, one minute drag roll or something like that and it has a timer on it yeah which is really so nice how, yeah. yeah you know how much progress will you lose if you, if you die too exactly um and it shows you that as you play. so you're just like it's very convenient in that sense so 
Yeah, it's a really good game. But again, if you're an RTS fan as well, you probably won't enjoy this because you might not enjoy this as much because it's so few units, right? So again, it's that kind of interesting sort of melding. I think it's really fun though and worth a check out. I also put Shadowrun Returns on here as kind of hidden gem acquired tasty area. Like I think a lot of people know about this, but then again, I'm not sure. Like in terms of the larger gaming world, I'm not sure how uh, how huge the game necessarily is, but the reason I, I put it down here is just that like it's it's a lovely game, but it's it's a very quick sort of simple take on the genre. Um, and it's kind of like an introduction. Right. And I think you need to sort of buy into the type of world that it's creating. It's sort of high fantasy sci fi world. Um, mm. You know, like I loved it, but I could also see somebody playing it and being a little bit like, oh, that's it. You know, because that's kind of how it feels a little bit, even though there are two sequels that you know greatly expand on it. Um, but yeah, it's a little like, um, like that game there that we both played, Rick, the, the RPG, what's that one there? You know, the, the space one with the, the, the lady, um, that's really short. God, how can I not remember what this game is called? Space one with the short lady. Yeah, well, no, she's got the blue, the blue suit and remember it's like a, it's a RPG, uh, JRPG sort of thing. Oh, um, not Cosmic Star Heroine. Yes, that's it. Oh my God, thank you, Cosmic Star Heroine. God damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, I meant short as in the game short, not the not the protagonist is short. Oh, I was, yeah, I was picturing like a midget. One. <laughs> no, sorry, that's not what I meant. I meant the, the length of the game. God damn it, it's that kind of thing. Oh. Yeah, it's like similar to that, right? Where it's like a focused short experience. Um, yes, and it does look amazing. It's one that that I've been meaning to play for a while now. And I highly recommend it. I think the whole th- trilogy is on the Switch. It's on the PC. It's, it's everywhere at this point. It's been given away on EGS, more importantly. Yeah, you, so I've, you I've probably it. have it if you're listening to this. It's probably somewhere. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Well, there you go. Those are our recommendations for strategy RPGs. What games would you recommend? Um, what have we missed out on? Again, we can only play so many games, so there's likely tons that we've missed. This is a, a beautiful genre with lots. I didn't mention any Fire Emblems simply because, you know, obviously obviously it's fire emblem i fucking love all of those and like those are honorable mentions and honestly my list could my list could be all fire emblem games and i just don't think that would be interesting so i didn't do that we all skip stuff we could have put in there like paola no doubt has got fire emblem she would have like squeezed in i would have loved right. to have squeezed in the disgaea games yeah right like there are there are these mainstay games in the strategy rpg genre that you know i'm just like uh, you can hear about those all over the place. There's tons of uh, discussion of those. So uh, for these ones, try to pick a few that I think are a little less discussed, um, but well worth the play. So that's it for us um, for this this new game plus. Uh, tune in next week for a new episode. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.